0: Everybody and welcome to the Restructured Podcast. This is your host, Little Jerry, and I want to thank you for joining and thank you for being a subscriber. Thank you for uh, your listening support. Knowing that we are in this together, I appreciate uh, the unity and the questions. We've had some good feedback. We've ha- also had some questions that I've talked through with some friends, and it's so it's been fun. It's been a great time. We are coming up on a year of doing this here in a couple weeks, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that we made it this far, and so if uh, this is the last episode for all of ever, uh, had a good run, and if it's not, then um, I guess the run's not over, and so uh, I say that a little bit uh, joking, um, but today I, I want to talk about something that plagues our young people and especially in the independent fundamental circles and for whatever reason I have no idea where this comes from and um, I'm not going to limit this to the independent fundamental circles but there's been a great debate or, or discussion we could call it but it's been a debate and there's like two people two different sides to this and it deals with this phrase that we talk about and we hear all the time, and it is called the will of God. The will of God. Some say there's different levels or different kinds of the will of God. I've heard it said that there is an allowed will of God. That's not uh, you know, they say permitted, but that means that it's allowed, it's permitted will of God, that it is not the perfect will of God, but it is the will of God that he allows. There are also the viewpoint um, in that same argument of breaking down the subcategories of the will of God. Um, there is the, they say, the permissible will of God, permitted or allowed. Um, they say there is the perfect will of God. And I'm sure that there's some other categories, but those two have kind of been what um, has been described. And to be honest with you, those are good arguments. If you hold to those viewpoints, that's fine. In my opinion, it's a way of rebuttaling or um, maybe justifying or however you want to say it. It's a way of just dealing with not being a Calvinist and so, we talk about more of, I guess it would be the what Brother David had said last summer, the semi-Pelagian or the Arminian viewpoint, um, trying to justify and bring this all in, trying to get it to make sense. And to be honest with you, we do that with some areas. When we dive into the depth of different doctrines, you're going to come out with Justifying some things that are a little bit of a gray area, and that sounds like I'm watered down. Um I'm just being honest. There are polls seemingly in every argument that we would have, and I would say, except for the doctrine of uh, the doctrines with the deity of Christ, uh, except for major doctrines which used to be the fundamentals. Uh, Except for the virgin birth Like things like that But when it comes to how God does things There's a lot of loopholes I don't say loopholes There's a lot of gray area Where I don't think we can figure this out Because we may be certain in one area But when we read another passage We're like "Uh, I'm not so sure that's what that's saying But we can justify it by saying this So hopefully that's made sense So I want to talk about the will of God I want to do this very quickly, which it's almost impossible. It's gonna be impossible in the next 10 minutes to really dive into the will of God. I'm just going to look at the surface and just lightly maybe open the door to discussion. So as you are listening to this and you have things that you are interjecting, interject those in email. I welcome that. The restructure podcast at gmail.com. Please, please. Uh, if you are talking along with me, let me know your thoughts. Um, this is where this is fun. This is I love having pastors on to discuss. I loved having my wife on for a couple podcasts already. But talking about the will of God, 23 times in the New Testament, the phrase will of God pops up, okay? I'm going to read through a couple of them. Uh, the first time it appears in the New Testament, um, it says, For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister, and my mother, and they were asking who his brothers are. Okay, and so that terminology, I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is a good discussion. Okay, but the word "will" there uh, means the choice of God. It's it's from a form uh, meaning the determination of God. Okay, so we could call it the desire or lining up with what God would want. It would it would be dealing with the pleasure of God what he wants. Okay? So when we say will of God, that's what I mean, okay? And how that plays out. Okay? Let me let me read some other passages, okay? In Romans it says it a number of times, four times, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you, okay? Uh, Romans 8, um, this is put in, in, in the King James, it's italicized, meaning that it was added for clarification, which it goes along with the context. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to God. In uh, italicized words added for clarification according to the will of God. Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that I may come unto you, Romans 15, with joy by the will of God. Um, it, it appears uh, so many times, dozens of times after this in Scripture. The last time it's used is 1 John 2, and the world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth. Forever. So let's just take a step back. We could go into all the verses. I'm not planning on doing that. I just want to talk about that phrase because it does appear in scripture the will of God and how that plays out. When I was younger in college and in teenage years, that question popped up. People would say, What are you going to do with your life? And I would say, I don't know. I'm going to be a mime. I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be all these other things. I'm going to be a psychiatrist. I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be a lawyer. All of those things crossed my mind at one point, and they were all knocked off the list very quickly because I realized uh, how some of those would play out in my life. And I also realized uh, I was not going to be qualified maybe mentally for some of those, like an engineer and a lawyer, um, but we talk about the will of God, and I'm going to give you a little testimony, and I'm not saying I'm backing up at whatever viewpoint there is. I know that if you're on the a very strong providence of God viewpoint, that when you talk about the will of God, you would have to say, well, even the bad that I do is a part of the will of God, and because for whatever reason, it helps us see the glory of God, and I know that some of you are disagreeing with that, and it, you know, is a little weird for me to say that a mistake would be the will of God, and I, I, that's where I could see the argument of the permitted or permissible will of God versus the perfect will of God. And dealing with if you are strong on the Calvinistic side, you would talk about the will of God as if to say, we don't have the power to mess up the will of God. I've heard that said. And man, that is true dealing with our fallacy. You know, the illustration's always been given that maybe at the end of our life, as we stand before, or at the end of time, we stand before God, that He would put up that, this is your life, you know, chick track. And it, I've heard it said that people would, that God would put up a, a tree. And this is just an illustration, not in scripture. But it says He. he He'll put up a tree on this projector type thing, and that would be his perfect will. What would have happened if we would have totally surrendered to God's will, to God's desires, and what we could have been, what we could have accomplished, what we could have avoided, all these things, and we'd see this tree with all the branches and how full it was, and then over top, he would put um, how our life actually played out and how we missed the perfect will of God. And how this plays out, I I just want to give this illustration that, I mean, looking back, if I were to base everything on experience, I would say that there are things that God, he's brought me to his desires and to his will in certain areas of my life. And some of that has been through my fallacy. And I have no problem saying that. I I have a problem taking that to the nth degree because I do not believe God is the author of of sin or fallacy or depravity. And I believe that is in us. And I think that many people, if not all of us, would agree with that. God is holy. God is pure. He is all of these things away from, uh, from imperfectness, impurity, all of these, the evil, the wicked, the depravity, the fallacy, deplorable. Those things are absent from God. And so, with that philosophical mindset, whatever, in my life, I wanted to be when, I mean, this is seriously, you know, what did I want to do with my life as a young person? I wanted to be a band teacher. I wanted to teach people music. And I love music. I love um, just seeing the light turn on with music. I love What music, how it speaks, how it can speak to us that no other way can. I just love everything about music. And so I really latched on to band and choir in high school and just loved it. Started learning to play all these different instruments. I don't think I was really great at any of them. I think I, I learned a conglomeration of them enough that I could teach some people those things. And so I actually went... And applied to college to go for music, and as I was there, I was in the choir and this is at a state university that is known for music education it was at I was in the choir I was in all these different types of bands, and as a freshman, I was thrown into this this senior um junior and senior band symphony um they needed a piano player and it was the greatest one of the greatest musical experiences i just loved it my 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 life was consumed with music this is what i wanted to do and then the summer after my freshman year i went to camp and heard bible preaching i was as lost as lost can be a religious but lost person and it was like the Holy Spirit was trying to introduce Himself to me and trying to deal with me, and I was fighting so much. And one way that He was trying to uh, drive at me and convict me was through my relationship with my parents, specifically with my mom. And I knew how much my lifestyle was hurting my mom, and that that became really real to me. A week or two after um, camp, we had come home and I got a phone call and it was uh, a phone call from one of my closest friends as a teenager, his dad, and it was 1230 at night. And he, all he said was he's, he's dead and telling me that he died. And he was just like any parent would be on the phone, a little bit emotional and just, I couldn't imagine what he was going through. And so we drove down and just, I started to contemplate life and, quickly realized that I needed to do something to try to find the will of God for my life. And so, I made the decision that I was going to go to Bible college. I told my parents they can pick which one. They offered to pay for one semester, so I went. Went down to Knoxville, Tennessee. And as I was there, three months into the semester, God was dealing with me that I needed him. I was living my life without him. How could I know and be a part and do His will if I was separated from Him and if I was His enemy? And so, I gave my life to Christ and it was just something changed drastically. And there have been moments I've tried to find the will of God because I've heard that preaching that I let that weight of the will of God fall on me. And my life, and so I tried to find the will of God, looking everywhere, trying to live in the will of God, the perfect will of God. And I'm going to be honest with you, I failed and failed and failed and failed to the point that if that was true, trying to find the will of God, that I think I messed it up pretty bad, but I was still trying to do good. And I could justify even going into the ministry, even going into what we would call the ministry, even, even going into full-time Christian service, traveling around, and it was just trying to keep my foot and headed into the direction of the perfect will of God. But after a number of years, I quit struggling because I came to the viewpoint that I don't know all about. I'm not saying they're wrong, the perfect versus the permissible. They might be right. I don't know. I don't know the mind of God. Uh, If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you would say, he doesn't know the mind of God. You're right. I have no idea. But I can say this, that it can be really damaging to try to put that weight on your shoulders when we can't do this. And so, all of this led me to a strong spiritual truth that I want to talk about very briefly, okay? And we talk about the will of God. Is this girl the will of God for my life? Is this ministry the will of God for my life? Is this the will of God? Is this the will of God? You keep using the heart. I don't think it means what you think it means. You know, how do we determine the will of God? How do we determine in our life what God wants us to do? If we are so messed up, how can we have a moment that we can know the will of God? We can talk about that till we're blue in the face. But there's really only one thing that has been overwhelming to me in Scripture. Two times in the New Testament... And I want to read both these verses, but one in particular, how do we know the will of God? Colossians 3, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Philippians 4, where it talks about rejoicing in the Lord and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. One lesson that I have learned drastically is how do I know what the will of God is when one door opens do we just walk through the door because it's opportunity do we just walk through the door because it's convenient do we walk through the door because it's our dream there are many ministry quote unquote opportunities that come along there's many take this out on a bigger spectrum there are are many moments that will come along where we'll where have in our lives this opportunity to advance ourselves in our career, in our family, in, in our position, in, in our ministry. And so often we can say, it's so convenient. God's obviously opened this door. Let's just go with it. And we run into that opportunity. And God can use that. Okay, God is big enough that he can use something like an open door in our life. But to live by that philosophy, we can find ourselves duped in the, the arms of Satan. And this is just practicality speaking. I strongly believe, and I'm not saying that, oh, we know the peace of God, but God has given us a spirit. And that same spirit. Has and is the peace of God. God has a name that he's used six times, I believe, in scripture. It appears. Or five times. In Romans 15, now the God of peace be with you all. Romans 16, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan. Philippians 4, those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. 1 Thessalonians 5, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Hebrews 13, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He's going on to deal with something else uh, different than this topic, but we're talking about how do we know the will of God? The peace of God. The peace of God reigning in our heart. That word peace, the word that is used is dealing with joining together, or unity, and we have unity with God. How do we know the will of God when an opportunity comes along? Say the biggest Bible college in the United States came and said, "We want you to be the chancellor." I mean, we're talking to people that that maybe that's your goal, and you say that is a dream of mine. Or some this church calls you out of the blue, and they're running two thousand people. And it's just like they're excited and all these good reasons. You can go, we can make a pros and cons list. God can use that. But more than anything, as a believer, as a Christian in this New Testament, in this day and age, how do we determine if it's what God wants? If it's God's will? Well, scripture tells us, joining ourselves to God, the peace of God. Before I met Christ, there was no peace. I was an enmity, enemy. I was an enemy of God, separated from God. Conflict galore. But when I got saved, when I trusted him, when I was regenerated, born again, my life changed and I was finally at peace. At peace with who? At peace with the world? At peace with Satan? At peace with my flesh? No, there is a war because my flesh is not at peace but I was at peace with God. And the inward man, inward part of who I am at peace with God. There's been numerous times that opportunities have arisen in the ministry. And if you listen to the last two podcasts ago, you know what the ministry is But um, that I'm talking about. But the ministry the full-time Christian service, there's been a few times where it, is, it was the greatest opportunity that could have presented itself. And there's no reason that I should have said no, but I had no peace. That's not lifting me up because honestly, I wanted to go. There's opportunities that I just want to go do. I want to go do. And if I push my will above God's will, even though it may be for good motives if I push my will above his will, guess what's going to happen to the to the ministry, guess what's going to happen to what I put my hands on? It's going to not turn to gold. It's going to turn to to a mess. But how can we do what God wants us to do? How can we accomplish that? Well, we can't. But God accomplishes what he wants to and it's almost like we get on board with it. We abstain from conflict with God. We let the peace of God do what? Reign in our hearts. God is not the author of confusion. But what is He? He's the God of peace, He is the God of unity, He is the God of settling down the war that rages. Following and listening to the voice of God, the sensitivity to say, I don't know, but God does. So, is there a permissible will of God? Is there a perfect will of God? I think there's a strong argument for the perfect will of God. I don't know. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. But is that weight on us to make the right decision for the will of God? and you say the will of God enough, and you find out there's a lot that it entails. But let the peace of God reign in your hearts. It will not make sense to the world many times. People will say it only makes sense. Why wouldn't he go do this? He's given every opportunity. He's just squandered it. Well, if God doesn't want you going or doing Let the peace of God reign in your hearts. Thank you so much for joining. This has been the Restructure Podcast.